Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on your smart speakers. Just ask them to play ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our phone guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. He's J. Will. I'm Jason Fitz. And look, it's week one of the NFL season, and we all know that Thursday night's the big opener between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, and there's a lot of high expectations, frankly, for both teams. And that's going to lead to big conversations about how those expectations are met, Jay Will. And, uh, you know, we've got a tweet that came out just a little bit ago this morning from Chris Mortensen and saying, this is the tweet, talked or text with a number of NFL coaches and execs who are nervous about COVID-19 testing today with a number of players who visited their former college team's opening games and social gatherings this past weekend. I, I'm, I keep thinking about Clemson, Georgia, and I, I looked it up. And so the requirement for Clemson, Georgia, there was no vaccination requirement, but regardless of whether you were fully vaccinated or not, you were required to wear a mask in the concourse area and bathrooms, encouraged to wear it in the open seating area. We all saw the images from that, so... You've got everybody just sort of doing what they want there, and players in any situation are taking some sort of calculated risk. This is um, this is what I love about our show is because we always tell you exactly where it is, right? Uh, you know, we expect because some athletes are now professional athletes, even though they're a year removed away from college, that they're going to go back and do the responsible thing. We saw Trevor Lawrence at the Clemson game. He was sitting in a box. Now Trevor Lawrence is married. He carries himself in a lot more of a mature way. But I'm going to tell you right now, my rookie year, when I went back to Duke to hang out, I went out. I kicked it. There were parties I went to. There were people I wanted to see, people I hadn't seen in a long time. And when you're around college football environments, so Duke wasn't even a college football school. But we used to go to tailgates, big tailgates all the time. That's why I said I think this is going to be so challenging for the league to navigate because you still have the rest of the world that is moving as if there's really nothing wrong. We saw 70,000 people. North Carolina, Virginia Tech, 70,000 people. Now, it's great. I love football. I love watching it. It's incredible. I love the feeling having fans back in the stands gives me. But you're going to tell me if you're a 21, 22-year-old young adult that you're going back to college to watch your, your team play, that you're not going to go out and have one of those epic nights, even if your season is about to start this weekend, yeah, and, you're going to do it. You, you know, one, one word you left out of there is rich. Like for so many, I like money. I got money. I went back, and this is to me. I think we sort of forget sometimes the human element of athletes, and you know, for anybody that's ever you know gone back to wherever, whatever you're going back to college, going back to high school. If you got two nickels to rub together when you do it, you do it different. And if you've gone back and you're in a situation where like now you're going back and you're seeing your boys, you're seeing all your friends. But you've got a lot more money in the bank. It's oh, going to change that first trip. I'm going back to old bars I used to go to with just four or five of my friends, and I'm getting cheers from people at the bar. I bought everybody a shot in the bar. Yeah. Like 200 people in the bar. Everybody, shots on me. Thank you. Like, that's the kind of things that happen because you're – like, that's what you – that's why you loved college. Let's not act like these guys who were huge professional players weren't the man – in college to go back and to feel that now you're in a big city you're still kind of the man it's just a different feel you're more isolated you know you're more of an adult you don't have that same kind of camaraderie where you're living with your teammates you're you know you're having training meals with your teammates all the time different feel in college man different environment yeah and you know again I'm not I I can't say this loudly enough I'm I'm never going to fault somebody for being a human being 
The hard part about it is there are such weighted expectations. I, I remember one uh, friend of mine years ago when he first got into the NFL, and he was a rookie, and we were having lunch one day, and I was like, so how's it going? And he said, man, the toughest adjustment is life. And he said, you know, I'm used to traveling everywhere with my teammates. Now I'm in a situation where when practice is done, bunch of my teammates are grown adults with families. They go home. They're doing other things. And he's like, I'm just sitting with so much time. And it was driving him crazy. I think about that sort of element of just remembering what it's like to go back. And now you've got a little bit of cash. And you're in this situation where you can sort of relive something from last year. Like, there's just a human moment of it that it's easy to let your guard down. And when you're doing that in this environment, there's calculated risk that comes with all of it. The problem is your calculated risk could impact that 33-year-old that's also on your team that's at a much different life point you know so like you got to think about that through the process of it and that's a hard thing to tell somebody that's 22 and newly rich well it's just not only people who are just young I mean you have older guys who maybe don't have the same responsibility right maybe don't have kids I mean so that's why I said there's a there's a lot of different parameters here that factor into how challenging it's going to be to navigate all these individual beliefs and all these individual behavior tendencies that look let's be honest man like we were cooped up for a year. It cooped up. Like everybody was at home. Now people feel like, hey, I want a chance to live my life. Look on NBA Twitter, man. I've been seeing so many guys in Italy. In yeah. Italy. Everybody's in Italy right now. <laughs> Parties, weddings. I mean, things are going on. It's, it, it's going to be challenging. Yeah, well, all of those challenges will make this a particularly unpredictable NFL year because we don't know who's going to be in and out. But we have been talking a lot about the Cowboys and whatever their expectations are. I think we're sleeping on the Washington football team. Kimberly A. Martin with us earlier said she had some questions about the quarterback position. I think we all do. But I also look at the weapons that they have for the Washington football team. And I think as long as they get mediocre quarterback play, they have a chance to be a really good team. You're a Giants fan. How are you feeling going into this season? Like, where do the Giants stack up in your mind? I think the Giants, I mean, look, the Giants are in that, that tier that, you know, can they compete with the Cowboys? Yes. Can they compete with the Washington football team? Yes. I, just, I need to see more consistency out of our team. by, And that means everybody being on the damn field and being healthy. Right? Um, Darius Slayton, he got hurt in their last preseason game. So, like, you know, Evan Ingram, will they be back? Will they be healthy? Kenny Galladay, huge offseason acquisition for us. Um, you know, you talk about Saquon Barkley. Can he remain healthy? And, obviously, it's, it's, nobody's hiding this. The O-line is a, is a major issue, and it, it's going to be one of those staple signature uh, things for Dave Gettleman. It's going to be like that's – can Daniel Jones survive through that O-line and can Saquon Barkley get back to his original form or what he was? So I think a lot of questions – almost the Giants to me are a little bit of an anomaly. I don't know what I'm going to get. With the Washington football team, I know I'm getting one of the best defenses in the league, a defense that, by the way, fourth least points per game last season at 20.6. I know what Terry McLaughlin is, right? I I know what Antonio Gibson is. I know even on his second year, the game slows down for you your second year. And I did watch Fitzpatrick last year with the Miami Dolphins, and I know people in the Dolphins organization that raved about him. Yeah, there were some down times, but for the most part, man, he was that leader. I think he could be one of those key attributes for them that could help them get over the hump. Which is why I think the division as a whole, other than Philly, is going to be better. I mean, I'm not sure we know what we have for Philly. There's so much unknown. The offensive line part of the Giants creates a really interesting 
situation because they're trying to figure out what they have at quarterback, right? Like, and you have to evaluate Daniel Jones. I just don't know that you can fairly evaluate any quarterback behind that offensive line right now. So and what they've done in not building a better line is not only made their season more difficult, they've made the evaluation of their quarterback more difficult. And that's the most important thing you have to accomplish. I say it all the time. If you've got a young quarterback you believe in, you have a responsibility to surround him with weapons to see how good he can be. They've done some of that, especially this offseason. The question is, can he stay upright long enough to utilize those weapons? So, tremendous failing in their ability to evaluate Daniel Jones as a result. Well, think about what happened to Dallas last year. I mean, we were so down on Ezekiel Elliott. And, like, you know, obviously, look, there's a lot of factors that go into, is your run game strong enough? But that old line was decimated last year. It was decimated. That affects how you run the ball. And it's the same thing for the Giants. I mean, we want Saquon Barkley to come back, but almost in a way I'm like, Look, Sa, just I say take like take a couple of games just to watch. Let this offensive line mature. Let them gather themselves because you put him in harm's way. And it, you know, watching Sam Darnold, I know it's you never compare the Jets and the Giants, but Sam Darnold situation. Okay, like you've gone through so many different coaches, so many different OCs, and, and now all of a sudden, like your line isn't that great. Like it may be that a better fit for Daniel Jones may be another team because the Giants couldn't get their stuff together through their O-line. Well, and again, I think the division as a whole, I keep looking at the Washington football team. They're, they're built a lot like the 49ers to me. They, they've put themselves together with a great defense that will keep them in games no matter what. All they have to get is Jimmy G-level quarterback play. they just got to get pretty good quarterback play, and they could take a big leap forward. Plus, I believe in that coaching staff. So I think mm-hmm. Washington is in a really good situation moving forward, and that's part of why I'm actually high on the East overall. Like I know it's fun to just make fun of how bad it was last year, but I think that was a one-year anomaly. Well, I think we're high on the East because there's been so many division champions, right? I mean, it feels like it changes every year, and I think that volatility – Makes it intriguing. The talent is there. You know, just going back to Dallas, nobody questions their offense. We talk a lot about Dan Quinn and retooling their defense to a degree and swagoo. Marcus Spears is on our show and saying that he thinks because of familiarity with schemes, right, just having that continuity of being together, that defense will be slightly better. But just to remind people, they were the second worst defense last year. They gave up 158.8 yards per game on the ground. Mm. On the ground. If you're not stopping people from the run game, you're not going to be in a lot of games. And when people say, well, that puts so much more pressure on Dak to keep up scoring-wise because the defense was so subpar. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Saving your bundle, auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Let's switch gears and get into some college football. Clemson is not a rubber stamp in the college football playoff. Ooh, young leg Slings it over the top, intercepted at the 26-yard line. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Picks off, Uwe Ungalale. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz sitting with J. Will. And we are joined now by College Game Days. Kirk Herbstreet joins us, brought to you by Barbersol, Barbersol Shaving Cream. Choose Barbersol Shaving Cream for a thick lather and close, comfortable shave. Barbersol, the American original for over 100 years. Better by Barbersol. Herbie, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Obviously, we were all going to be watching Georgia and Clemson, and I, I think we all expected a defensive battle, right? What surprised you the most, though, when you watched that game? Well, good morning. How you guys doing? Good morning, uh, brother. Happy Happy college football. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, what surprised me the most, probably that Clemson didn't establish any running game of, of any kind. Uh, that, that probably was the thing that I walked out there, including DJ, not 
necessarily almost even being a willing runner. I kept saying during the broadcast, almost from the second series on, you know, Taj Boyd would run when he had to, and Deshaun Watson, in these big games that Clemson would play in, he would run 15 to 18 times, and Trevor grew to get to a point where he was comfortable in running, and, and DJ just kept saying, it's just his third start. He has such a future. But just his third start, it's interesting to watch him, where he is now, where he will be. And I think we are all guilty of just assuming because of the way he played against Boston College last year and then against Notre Dame and South Bend, it would just be turnkey, no problem. He's going to be the same guy that we saw you know, from all these other quarterbacks. And we had to keep in mind, week one, really good defense, games moving really fast for him. He'll pick up the pieces and be better and learn from it, but I would think uh, them not being able to run the ball, making their offense in Tony Elliott, which is so rare, incredibly predictable with short passing, made it made it much easier for Georgia to defend that that offense. Herbie, this year as we're getting ready for the NFL season, you know, obviously a lot of talk about Mac Jones, a lot of talk about Jalen Waddle, yeah. Devontae Smith, these guys, and you're thinking, you know, watching the Alabama game, I'm like, man, that offense was so prolific this year. And then I watched that offense <laughs> this year, and I'm like, hold on, Jamison Williams? Wait, John Mechie? Bryce Young? Like, it, it, is Alabama just that team that is not going to be stopped this year? Obviously, I know people, things can happen, but how dominant are they? Well, it, it, it go back to your era, Duke. I mean, the, the, before you were there, they would lose some really good players, and people would think, okay, you know, the, you know, the transition it's going to be down a little bit, and then some guy, young guy named Jay Williams, steps in, and it's like, oh my God, here they go again. It's kind of like that, you know. It's like it, it's recruiting, it's development. It, the new rule where, where players can come in early. I think people really underestimate how powerful that can be for a really good coach and a really good ability with assistant coaches and a strength coach to develop players. So if you graduate from high school this year in this recruiting class and you sign with Alabama or whoever, Ohio State, and you graduate in in December and you enroll in college in January, uh, you're obviously there for eight months instead of being at prom and maybe playing baseball, running track like a normal student, you, you graduated and, and you're there for eight months and you go through spring football and you practice against these big guys you've been watching on TV. So you get over your, I don't know if it's fear or you get over your transition period of, wow, this game's really fast. And by the time camp comes around in August, you're kind of like a red shirt freshman. Mm. And coach Saban's done that as well as anybody. And so when you see some of these players that look like, man, here they go again. A lot of it has to do, if you went to one of their practices, one, not, a, not several, one, you would be like, wow, th- th- he makes practice so hard, and they go against each other so hard that the games are like recess. It's almost like the games are easy. And Pete Carroll used to do that when he was rolling at USC with Reggie and Matt and all those guys. You'd go to an SC practice and it was like, oh, my God, I mean, this, is, this is faster than the game. And it's exactly what, uh, what Alabama does. So it, I wasn't shocked at all. Plus, you have Bill O'Brien coming over from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. He's calling the plays now with Sark over to Texas. Um, I thought there might be a little bit of a feeling out period, but no. I mean, it, they hit the ground running and, and looked outstanding uh, on both sides of the ball. Just that right now, them and Georgia just kind of feel like they're after one week, and let's not overreact, but they, they kind of look like they're at a different level. 
We're talking to Kirk Herbstreet on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Jason Fitz sitting with J. Will. You just mentioned Georgia. And I mean, we saw some fatal flaws. I don't want to say fatal flaws. We saw some small flaws from several of the big teams. Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma all had their struggles in different ways. Does that normalize throughout the course of the season in your mind? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, going back to what Jay said about Alabama being maybe an outlier. You know, they throw in some new players and it just looked like, man, these guys look like they're juniors. You know, I mean, right, Bryce Young, he was in complete command of, of that entire game against Miami from the first series on. And I thought, you know, if, if you look around at Georgia, they're still trying to grow. There's, you know, they've got a lot of injuries. They're trying to figure out, um, you know, how they can kind of come up with some answers. They're, again, going up against a really good defense. That's the thing you got to remember. Really good defense of Clemson. The offense looked like it's, it's 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 uh, going through their own growing pains, but the defense is midseason form. And after the way they played against Ohio State last year, if you're a Clemson fan, you can hang your hat on that and feel good about how good the Clemson defense will be. I thought C.J. Stroud, it was a great example of never has attempted a college pass in his life, and first half on the road in a Big Ten game or the full stadium, you know, he, he and Ryan Day were, were trying to find answers, wasn't working. I would I would throw Ryan Day in there with as good as anybody in the country at getting it at halftime. Okay, this isn't working. This is working. We're going to try a little bit more of this. How many times have we watched Ohio State with Ryan Day as the head coach where the first half of the game is competitive or they're even trailing, and then, man, they find some answers, and next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. And that's really what happened. And I think C.J. Stroud going through that adversity – doing a good job and, and coming through with it and winning the game. Don't be surprised if he starts to really take off uh, in that offense. And he's got dynamic. Ohio State may have the, right up there with the most dynamic playmakers at receiver, running back, and tight end as there is in the country. And the more C.J. just kind of settles in and becomes that distributor, the more terrifying that Ohio State offense will become. So, Herbie, if you said that Alabama and Georgia are a cut above, where is OSU in that pecking order? They're, that's where they – they're kind of that third team to me, um, based on how they looked in the second half, um, based on their potential. Um, I think their defense is still a mystery. Uh, their offense is going to be fine. I mean, they're going to be one of those teams that's scoring 35, 40 points a game. Just book that. Where are they defensively? You know, I, I, they, they played a Minnesota team that um, I was impressed with, all things considered. Uh, I, I haven't heard, I don't know if you have heard, uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, if, if he's okay or if he's, if he's out. I don't know. But, man, I, I, just, I knew about him last year. But if you want to fall in love with a running back, that's the guy to do it. I mean, in the Minnesota old-school style. So Ohio State's defense will be tested. The secondary, which was their Achilles heel a year ago, they have, they have more players. They're young. They're athletic. You can see the skill, but they're still out of place and vulnerable. And so I don't know who could play them that could test that and really challenge it, but that's what I think separates Ohio State right now is just until they start to play better defensively, uh, they're, they're, to me, that's the, that's the area they got to get better. So, Herbie, Miami gets blown out, Clemson loses, North Carolina team with a lot of hope from people gets beat by Virginia mm-hmm. Tech. Uh, not a hot take here. By the end of the year, because you're so good at keeping things balanced, by the end of the year, what's our conversation about when it comes to how strong the ACC is this year? North Carolina, I think, um, 
I don't know if they were, again, did they read their press clippings? It's very different for a team like North Carolina or a team like Cincinnati or a team like Iowa State to be kind of in the, in the teens or the twenties in a ranking. And last year playing with a chip on their shoulder, we'll show them and everybody gets mad and college football, believe it or not, that is huge when you feel disrespected and it's easy to kind of go out and we'll prove it to them kind of thing. Okay. You did. Congratulations. Now you come back in 2021. Now Iowa state's preseason top 10. How are they going to handle now? Every team they play wants a piece of them. They're not sneaking up on anybody. Same with Cincinnati. And the same, of course, with North Carolina. They're a preseason top 10 team. Everybody, not Clemson, not Miami, every team they play wants to show that they can beat North Carolina. It's a different kind of pressure. And it just looked like North Carolina had a little bit of a deer in the headlights, and they're playing again at Lane Stadium in the opening week. Justin Hamilton, the defensive coordinator, had the Hokies flying Mm -hmm. around. And I, as a guy who loves the game, I love seeing Virginia Tech get back to being Virginia Tech a little bit. So, yeah, it was North Carolina I think will be okay. Hopefully they learn from, from that lesson. But it was great to see the Hokies uh, come back. But you're right, not a great opening weekend for the ACC on the big stage with Miami, Alabama, Clemson, and, and Georgia. You know, it, at least we saw Clemson compete, at least last night. You know, we saw Florida State, by the way. Uh, really compete. That was my takeaway from that was congrats to Notre Dame, but wow, Florida State, full stadium, Mackenzie Milton coming in, Jordan Travis, the defense had some athletes. There was some energy in the building. They haven't had that in like four years. So I think the ACC, let's not have an overreaction to, oh, they're overrated. Or I think, I think there's seeing Florida State and Virginia Tech and NC State, maybe there's more depth to the ACC than than we realized, but Miami's got to regroup, obviously, and and, uh, and we'll see what Louisville, by the way, does tonight. You know, they're playing an SEC team uh, in Ole Miss, so ho- hopefully they'll go out and compete. As always, you guys can watch them on game day. It was awesome to see the crowd; they were on fire this week, Herbie. And uh, enjoy Ames, Iowa, the yeah, side of game Iowa day State. next week. Going to be a big one there. As always, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. You you got it. Great catching up with you. Don't forget, we got the, uh, the the cherry on top of the weekend tonight. Reese and I are here uh, with Molly McGrath in Atlanta. I'm looking right now outside of downtown Atlanta. We got, like I said, Ole Miss and, and NC State tonight. I think it's at 7.30. So one, one more game. This all started on Thursday. It felt like a month ago. But we got one more game tonight before we get ready for week two and, and the NFL starting up. Absolutely. You guys want to check that out tonight on ESPN. Appreciate you, Herbie. Okay, guys. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Also on ESPN2, 
Jay Will sitting next to Jason Fitz. All of the drama around the Cowboys, and they haven't even stepped on the field yet. That's the delight of the Dallas Cowboys. As you just heard, Zach Martin tested positive for COVID-19. He'll be out for this game on Thursday, even though he's vaccinated because of the time frame. So to get the latest on all things Cowboys, we now head over to the Goodyear Hotline, where we're joined by ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer. Todd, thanks for the time. Happy Labor Day, my friend. We appreciate you joining us. So obviously, uh, we're sitting where we are with the Zach Martin situation with COVID. So what's the latest there? Well, yeah, he's looking like he will miss this game just because of the time frame, just a bad timing situation. And from everything I've been able to gather, uh, he's okay, mild symptoms. Uh, but once you have symptoms, you, you have to be symptom-free and then have two negative tests separated by 24 hours before you can return. And plus, there's a day you need to pass like a conditioning aspect of this thing as well. So uh, the, the timing of it is not great for the Dallas Cowboys. And Connor McGovern will be their starting right guard uh, against a run defense that was best in the league last year down in Tampa Bay. So it, it's there's so many questions about the Cowboys. Just add this one to the mix. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Connor, but he, he did play a lot of games last year as well. Uh, but what's the protocol now for Zach Martin? How does the NFL – like? can you take fans through what needs to happen from the time that he has tested positive to what needs to occur for him to get back on the field? Right, so Jay, there's, there's differences between whether you're – uh, asymptomatic or symptomatic and, and he does have some symptoms and again they're they're considered light or mild a, as they go so before a player uh, a player has to be symptom free uh for x amount of time you you know cd lamb told us yesterday that he figured out something was wrong when he couldn't taste his toothpaste and then then he figured out okay i'm back to good because i could taste the mint toothpaste as i was as he was brushing his teeth for zach martin now he's in a process of waiting for the symptoms to subside and then you need to take two tests, uh, to have two negative tests separated by 24 hours, and then you can come back. The Cowboys have had – this is the ninth player that's been on the COVID list uh, since training camp, let's call it. All the players have tested positive. None have been able to come back quickly. They've needed the 10 days before they can come back. And they all, they've all been vaccinated players as well. So that's why the situation for Zach Martin, where, where Mike McCarthy says, I would say he's not playing in this game – that led him down that path because everybody so far has had symptoms has needed the full break before they were able to come back. Todd, how, how concerned are the folks internally for the Cowboys considering Dak has had the injuries he's had to his ankle and his shoulder, Ezekiel Elliott last year, you know, getting punished a little bit because of that O-line now not having Zach Martin. Are they worried about this? The COVID aspect or just not having Zach? Just not having Zach oh, on oh, the oh. field, not having Zach on the field. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely concerned because, I mean, he's Zeke Elliott called him their best player yesterday, their best offensive player. You think about Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and he's saying Zach Martin's their best player. So that's a huge loss. He said most of their good runs come from behind Zach Martin. Last year he was, they moved him to right tackle. He excelled out there after injuries. And, it, and it's not just the, the loss of Zach Martin for this week. Leo Collins has had a stinger issue that's kind of limited his practice here the last couple of weeks. Colonel Williams just got off the COVID list uh, the other day and has only now returned to practice. And, and left tackle Tyron Smith, well, he played two games last year for neck surgery. Now he's saying he feels as good as he's ever felt. But, again, you talk about continuity and what you want on your offensive line. The Cowboys go into this opener without really any continuity on their offensive line, plus Dak playing his first game in 340 days. It's, it's not the optimum way that you'd want to enter a season opener for sure. Wow. 
We're talking to ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer. I, I think that the last point you made is significant, Todd. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Dak. We will have seen Dak in a very long time. So what sort of impact does all of this make to what we should expect to see from him? Well, clearly, there has to be some worry, right? Because we've talked about Tampa's run defense and how good the linebackers are, and they have every starter back from last year's Super Bowl team. Um, but if you worry about Dak's health, I don't think that would be the issue. The, the shoulder, you, you watch him in practice, he looks like Dak. He's throwing, he's, he's throwing the ball with zip. He's pressing the ball down the field. You think about the ankle. He's moving around. He's running right. He's running left. He's able to do everything from the ankle. So, if he doesn't play well Thursday night, I don't think it will be health-related. It will be what is surrounding him at the moment, and maybe obviously some rust from not having played a game from, from last October. You know, it's funny. The Cowboys started training camp saying, we want to get Dak Prescott preseason action. We don't want his first live work to be against Tampa Bay. Well, then he had the shoulder set back, and then they're like, ah, that's overrated. We really don't need that. That's okay. He's played enough football. Well, they're trying to have it both ways, obviously, because you just have to adapt to whatever circumstances you're under. But I think Dak will play well I just this Thursday and going forward. And by the time we get to October, I don't think we're going to remember the shoulder, and I don't think we're going to remember the ankle. Todd, uh, what differences will we see this year in the defense, considering they're under Mike Nolan? Yeah, you know, I don't want to say they're going to be better just because they can't be any worse. Um, but I, I think they will be better. Uh, Dan Quinn has brought a new energy to this defense. They're attacking. The, the, the front guys are going back to what they did under Rod Marinelli. Get up the field. No read and react. Just get up and go. That serves Demarcus Lawrence well. That serves uh, Randy Gregory well. So so their outside pass rushers can just get up and go. Um, you know, their, their linebacker core, Micah Parsons, their first-round pick, has looked outstanding. And, and you think, okay, this guy's ready to make a huge impact. But you also have to dial back because he's a rookie and his first game is against a quarterback. When Tom Brady was a rookie, Micah Parson was 16 months old. So, you know, there's a lot of difference there between experience levels between those guys. In the secondary, they feel okay about it. I think the Cowboys will be better. I think their offense is going to have to help them and play complementary football. Don't turn it over. Put up some points. Make it easier for them to play defense. And if they can finish in the middle of the league, 16th from 28th, mm then that's a huge, not only a huge improvement, that probably means the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs in 2021. As always, Todd, we appreciate your insights. Thanks so much for the uh, for the information, and have a great Labor Day. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Happy Labor Day, Thanks, Todd. Thanks, guys. Uh, it yeah, should be noted uh, before Twitter blows you up. You've been saying Dan Quinn. Well, all, I meant, uh, I meant yeah. to say what changes will be different than they were behind Mike right. Nolan in the past. That's you, what you've been saying, Dan Quinn, all day. It's, it's all just, good. again, we're on air a lot. It just happens. So, a lot of defensive have... coordinators for the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In the meantime, we're going to do some fun. Uh, do some, oh, good, good Lord. Nobody you know, can talk now. We're going to have some fun. We're going to fill in the blank next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Jason Fitz, uh, J. Will on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. A loss for words? Not here. Fill in the blank. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and just by talking to your smart speakers and saying, hey, guys, play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Jay Williams. I'm Jason Fitz, and we're just we're dancing. This song always makes me feel like I'm like part of, like, of a mob. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. walking with the mob, the, the, the crisp you know, black suit on, and I say, you know, I have a cigar. I'm like, what do we need to do here? Oh, How like do we that. get the job done? Yeah, very, very tough. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that, so they're from Jersey. I'm like yeah, a yeah. black guy from Jersey. You know what I mean? It's like, the, yeah, you yeah. like it. <laughs> Odds are you're hiring to free up time, not lose more, even if you're hiring a, a bunch of guys in you know black suits with cigars. With Indeed, you get the platform that delivers four times more hires than all other sites mm. combined. According to Talent Nest, post a job and say, you're hired. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Scheduled fun is my favorite kind of fun. Let's fill in the blank, Jay. Well, what do you say? <laughs> Let's be formatted. Let's do it. All right, Pat. Pat, uh, Producer Pat, uh, I just made that up, and we won't Producer Pat, we won't, I like it. We won't shorten that into to just the initials because I'm not going to say that Thanks. on radio. Thank you. Producer Pat going to join us. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't you, you, you throw it out there and we'll react. The you got word, it, PP. The, <laughs> God, come on. What? Come on, man. That's your initials, oh. Producer Pat. That's what I'm, I'm, go ahead. Come on. M-I-C-K-U-I-M-O-U-S-C. At least we're mature here on a Monday morning. The word that best describes Alabama is blank. Champs. I got I got I got NFL, oh. NFL. I, I feel like every time I watch Bama, it's just the the talent seems so exponentially different than other college football players I see, and it's the aggregation of the talent together. Like we were just talking to Kirk Herbstreit about, I say, you know, it was like last year. Okay, I'm watching Mac Jones, I'm watching Jalen Watch it, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and now all of a sudden I'm watching all these new guys who are just as talented. But I'm like, wow, Bryce Young, he's probably the leader to win the Heisman Candidate Trophy right now. Like, they just retool, and it feels like you watch them get better and better every year. Yeah, and that's why I say champs, because as I said earlier, too, like, you know, when you talk about Georgia Clemson, even in, in a win, I was talking to Trevor Scales, our buddy that uh, is a huge Georgia fan, and he's like, I don't know, still got to worry about that offense. Like, you could find a, I don't know, about every team that won that's highly ranked over the weekend other than Alabama. There's no I don't know to it. Uh, so it's hard for me to, to find a, a, a crack in the armor. Pat? And I'm man, they got Jamison Winston. They stole him from my Buckeyes, but that's fine. I mean, he, w- Williams, he's talented. Yeah, let's just hand him the trophy now. Why are we even playing the rest of the season? Uh, and Speaking of the rest of the season, the C. CFP should have the college football playoff. That is, should have blank teams in it. 
So I've always been a fan of four because I'm afraid we're going to get more blowouts, but I'm not anymore. I just want to see more meaningful games, and I, every year I feel like bowl season's just forgotten now. So I would say, you know, I, I'd say eight, but I'd have no problem if they went as far as 16. I know that's terrible for the kids, but I'm just talking about my own selfish wants. You know, everybody's like, well, if they have to play 17 games, you know, that's too much for the kids. I'm like, well... They're leaving college to going to the pros and playing that amount of games anyway. The one thing I can say about young adults, they'll always be able to adjust. It might take a minute, but they'll be able to do so. Go to 12. Go to 12. Stop playing around. I know this is about money, but it's also about having fan bases getting a chance to see their teams match up against the juggernauts. And I know, look, you still may have SEC teams, big team teams in the Final Four, but still it's about how you get there, and you might you actually might get a chance to see that miraculous run. Yeah. I'm, That's I'm all you can ask that. for. Yeah. I mean, we all know that most 99.9% of the time MTSU isn't going to beat Michigan State in the tourney, right? But we're still watching those 15-2 matchups. I mean, there's a reason. So, to your point, you know, we just want to see the unpredictable. Un- unpredictable. Nah, you guys are wrong. Keep it at four. Okay. Or expand it to eight. Um, do whatever you want. I don't Next care. up, PP. Here we go. The, the college Can football. that be your new official radio oh, nickname? It person? might have to be. I'm trying to host a segment here. The college football team that will surprise everyone this year is blank. Okay, so surprise everyone. That like, could be a positive or a negative, right? I feel like you're trading. You're trading water right now. No, I, I'm trying to think because I don't think Texas A&M is a big surprise. Can I give you one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I, I'm going to give Tom Allen some love. I'm going to give Indiana some love. I'm going to give Michael Penix Jr. some love. A lot of people are wondering, can he finally play a season where he's fully healthy. I understand he's had to stop the past three seasons due to injuries. I watched the torn ACL last year against Maryland. But what I will say, DJ Matthews, Cameron Buckley, he has some new targets as wide receivers. If he can remain healthy, he is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Okay, okay. I I, I mean, A&M is – I, I think a and going to end up in the playoffs, but that's not a surprise. I think I'm going to take surprise a negative way. How do you like mm, that? Oh. Uh, this talk about Cincinnati's going to get in the playoffs, Cincinnati's going to lose to Indiana, and Cincinnati's going to lose to uh, Notre Dame. So uh, I think Cincinnati's going to have a disappointing season because so many people right now are launching them into the playoffs somehow. That's not going to happen. Way to kick off the week and be positive. Good job, Fitzy. You know, that's why they call me, you know, Peter Positive. Or Fitz Tragic? Fitz Tragic? Yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) PP, what do you got next? Peter Positive, eh? (laughs) Some Peter initials, positive. some initials there. Um, by the way, <laughs> Iowa beat Indiana thirty-four to six. Not that that's important, but the it's NFL been a long season, the been NFL a long team, yeah, probably, yeah, the NFL team that will surprise everyone this year is they're the Raiders. I mean, obviously they're going to the, the play- NFL no. team, not named name the Raiders that will surprise everyone this year is. Um. Okay. So again, <laughs> I'm just trying to think outside the box. Um. Uh, can I go negative again? Go ahead. Yeah, we're too hype on the Patriots. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over and over again. Every other team that spends that kind of money, when the when the Washington football team did it or the Eagles did it, or every time we see it, we sit there, we're like, oh, it's never going to work. But Bill, Bill doesn't. We're like, oh, that's why Bill's going to be great. And then a rookie quarterback comes in and we're like, here's the next Tom Brady. Like, I think the Patriots are going to be pretty good, but this talk that they're in the same league as the Bills, to me, is an absolute joke. They're a wild card playoff team at best. So I think that they're going to surprise everybody in a negative way way because we've anointed them Super Bowl contenders and they are not yeah um, I'm gonna go let's see surprise NFL team surprise just because it's funny there's this ongoing narrative on our show Fitz because Key just doesn't like the air raid offense he doesn't like it okay and I want to see Cliff Kingsbury Mm. 
And I want to see Kyler Murray be successful. Getting A.J. Green helps with the hop. Good wide receiving core. Defense getting J.J. Watt. I, I, I want – they've shown improvement from a couple years ago, you know, having losing season now to being 508-8 last year. Kyler Murray's numbers have been off the charts. They will continue to be because of that system. But I, I, I want to see it pan out for them. Now, granted, their division is really tough. Yeah. I understand that. But this is a make-or-break year for them. As a combination, it feels like for Cliff Kingsbury. I want to see them come out on top. I'll go with the Arizona Cardinals as my surprise team. I like that. Last one here, fellas. Tom Brady, and I want a real answer here. Don't skirt around this one. Tom Brady will play for blank more seasons. Three. I think he's going to play for three more years. Uh, that that's I'm just making that up off the top of my head. But uh, realistically, they're a Super Bowl contending team this year, right? And if they can do that this year, then why not think that they run it back one more year after that? And I'm giving them a bonus year. So, you know, if they can keep that roster intact, that's going to be the most important part because Brady's not going to have any interest on playing in a roster that's anything less than Super Bowl caliber, which I think he can do for the next uh, couple of years. So why not give him an extra one? Three. 47 years old, still kicking it. Yeah, I'll go two or three. I, I think Tom has Tom has it in him as long as his, te- his team is equipped to win. Got to go back to another answer, though. Really embarrassed. This is what happens when you marry an IU grad, when your father is an IU grad, when your brother-in-law is an IU grad. They get you drinking the IU juice, and you get pumped up. And obviously, I didn't, I didn't see that one game. I didn't know they lost 34 of the 6 to Iowa. They got destroyed. They got destroyed. I take it back. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. I, National I, radio. I just gloated about Michael Penix Jr. And he got dismantled. I'm embarrassed. In, in fairness, embarrassed. I uh, I said Indiana was a football school on almost every college football show uh, last week, and then watched that go down. So I'm just I'm just staying quiet on all things Indiana at this point. Uh, and and you know that's just the way it goes sometimes. That's just the way it goes. Hey, PP, that was a great job you. for no reason. Well, Thanks, PP. I, mean, I appreciate that, that, you. It's all uh, when, when positive peace. <laughs> All right. Speaking of random predictions, it's never too early to make Super Bowl predictions. That'll tie into what we talk about next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Jason Fitz, and J. Will hanging out on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.